This episode of Road Dirt, the podcast, is brought to you by Cycle World of Athens. Family-owned and operated since 1975, Cycle World of Athens is the Southeast United States' premier go-to dealership for all things Honda, Suzuki, Yamaha, and Polaris. Find them at cycleworldathens.com. Welcome to Road Dirt, the podcast of Road Dirt Motorcycle Media and RoadDirt.tv, your down-home grassroots motorcycle brand, covering what we like to call Ride Life, hashtag Ride Life if you're out on social media. This is Rob Brooks, your host. Thanks for tuning in. And um, we continue our series, Meet the Road Dirt Crew, getting to know the various writers and photographers that shoot and, um, and write for us here at um, Road Dirt Motorcycle Media. And I wanted to introduce to you Mark Zwieg, who uh, goes by MZ on, um, on Road Dirt. Uh, one of our regular monthly columnists, he, he does a, a series every month called MZ's Moto Memories, stories of uh, uh, motorcycles he's owned over the years and, and, and ridden. He's, he's literally owned like three something hundred motorcycles over the over the decades since he's been riding and uh, these are stories of kind of our legendary bikes category old motorcycles from the 60s 70s and on into the 80s that he's owned and some of his tales of riding you know various bikes from days of old and uh, we thought we'd share this one with you it's always fun talking with mark and um, he's got some amazing stories of amazing old motorcycles he loves the old japanese bikes from the um, from the 60s and 70s and uh, he's owned some really rare classics so uh, this is kind of a fun conversation with mark let's jump right in well mark zwieg welcome to the podcast good talking with you hey rob it's great to be here man now mark for those of y'all that uh Keep up with us uh, is a one of the columnists for Road Dirt has been for this past year. Popular series called um, MZ's Moto Memories, memories of the different bikes you've owned and ridden and built and rebuilt and restored and things like that over the years. And uh, you've lived such a amazing motorcycle life. I just felt like, man, we got to talk and let people get to know you because there's a there's a whole contingent in the Road Dirt audience that that loves following our quote unquote legendary bikes category and yeah. uh, the bikes that you, that you grew up riding are just legendary. So they really resonate with a whole segment of our audience. So I was looking forward to this, looking forward to having you on. Well, thanks Rob. It's great to be here. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting old. I'm slowing down. Yeah. Um, don't need to go <laughs> fast as I used to. Yeah, you know, um, I, I don't need to go as fast nor as far, but uh, still riding. So there you go. I how long have you been riding? When? How long have you been riding? I, I mean, I really started when I was twelve. I, I oh, mean, yeah. I was the classic kid that saved up his lawn mowing money and bought my first mini bike, a Sears mini bike, and I had to, you know, beg my parents to let me do it. I think I paid nineteen bucks for it. Then next thing, uh, I know, a little. Was it one of the little Sears 50 that had the pole start on it? Yeah, a little Sears green, lime green, Tecumseh powered, uh, you yeah. know. Then I got another one. I paid seven bucks for another one. It was the same wow. thing, but it was yeah. red from a kid. 
and uh-huh. it wouldn't run. And um, so I, man, he lived like two or three miles from my house. And so I went over there, I gave him seven bucks for it. I'm put, I'm, I'm pushing it home and I pulled on the starter and it fired. I thought I can get this thing running. Yeah. Well, I figured out all it was, was a sheared um, key on the flywheel and put that on there. It ran perfectly. And I sold it for 25 bucks. <laughs> that, there's an investment. One of the yeah. things um, that I've learned about you too, and it is uh, from a very early age is you've had this entrepreneurial spirit. Hmm. In fact, uh, I guess you've, you've, um, built and fostered and encouraged and helped a, a number of um, companies. You've been on the, what is it? The Inc 500 list, as far as yep. um, some of the companies that you've been able to help and launch, that was pretty evident at a very young age. You had this, you had this knack for, um, you know, for, for turning a profit and creating something. I did. I, I was, I mean, I started buying and selling bicycles on my mom and dad's street corner when I was about eight or nine. Yeah. Then I went to work in a bike shop that um, we sold bicycles, but we also had the the remnants of Bridgestone, which at the time, um, yeah, uh, the they were called Rockford Motors. Um, Rockford was the importer of Bridgestone. So when Bridgestone was leaving the U.S. market, they still sold bikes under the Rockford name. And we had yeah. the Rockford Chibi, Taka and Tora. Uh huh. And um, they were sort of a one, two were sort of along the lines of like a Honda CT70. And then the, the I think it was the Taka was a hundred CC, you know, sort of mini cycle that had maybe 17 inch wheels on it. And um, that was kind of, man, I love those. Those things were so cool. So I was 12 years old working at that place. <laughs> now I, you, you actually did a story on, on one of those Bridgestones that you had. We, we yeah. published that sometime last year so i remember i couldn't remember which one of those three it was that you wrote it about was, it was none of that it was a 350 um, oh, okay 350 gtr yeah which is a fantastic motorcycle i had that when i was about uh 22 okay and um those things i don't think people realize how good bridgestones were i mean they were better than hondas yamahas kawasaki's and suzuki's at that time because they they had better plating and like the 350 was about the size of a 650 um, longer wheelbase. And uh, man, they were just, they were so beautiful at six speed transmission and 40 horsepower, dual rotary valve, two stroke, man, it was just a great bike. I love two strokes. I still do two stroke street bikes. They just, they get me really excited. You know, I, I, I was noisy big, and smoky and full, yes. full of power. <laughs> They just take you right back. You know, I love that peaky power where there's nothing and then it just comes on the pipe. And uh, I mean, I had dirt bikes like that. The last real dirt bike I owned was a Suzuki TM 400, which was a yeah. crazy bike at the time. Um, the TM 400. I think you wrote about that one too. No, uh, I don't. I might've mentioned one of those, this I, one of those I, early Suzukis. Yeah. Oh no, that was a that was a TC one twenty five. Oh yeah, yeah, the TC one twenty five. Yeah, okay. I, I need to write about that TM four hundred because my, that was the the motocross bike, the hairiest yeah. motocross bike. Roger DeCoster rode him. I had a seventy two, which was the fastest, craziest, peakiest year. Yeah. With a with a Bassani chamber on it, and uh, 
anyway, I put I I uh, hooked up a, a little clearance light on the back with a brake light switch and a nine volt battery, and then a bulb horn on the handlebar, and yeah. I rode it on the street. <laughs> I rode you that. You need thing. to write that story, man. Yeah, <laughs> you need to write that story. But anyway, after. So that was like the last dirt bike, but that was a crazy machine. I mean, people couldn't start it. If I didn't have my full bore boots on, that thing would just nail your ankle when you kicked it down where that Pisani yeah. chamber bent, you know, right where it was on an angle. It would just hit your ankle and destroy it. Yeah. Uh, but it's anyway. Massive compression, huh? Yes. And then I got into those three-cylinder two-stroke Kawasaki's. Those things, they still, I mean, people go crazy over the. Yeah, they do. Or, they are or, they are crazy collectors items nowadays for sure but we love those i mean they're just they're just great bikes you know i mean as far as being durable or anything like that no i mean they would seize and do all kinds of terrible stuff <laughs> you know but when they were running they were a hoot oh they were and you know the other two stroke street bike i really liked a lot is the little yamaha twins um yeah a late model RD250 I had um, with a six-speed, and um, that thing was fantastic. I put chambers on it, and I, I mean, it would do like 105 miles an hour. It was, it was so light and so yeah. fast and so fun to ride. Nuts motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Um, I love them all. But, you know, today I work with Janus Motorcycles, as you well yeah. know. Yeah. What a great company. I love their yeah. model and their bikes. The best thing about Janus, well, we've got a lot of good things about Janus, but I mean, it's so fun because we make everyone by hand and really everyone is pretty much different. They are. So we have so many different combos and colors. And craftsmanship, and yeah. Options. And um, I've got a new, I've got a new Halcyon 250 being built now. I ride a Halcyon 250 as it is. Yeah. To go to school and back and uh, here in at uh, U of A where I teach entrepreneurship and uh but I've got a new custom-made Halcyon 250 coming that's going to be um, a cadet blue color. Cadet and blue. Non-stock color. And then we've got these special skirted fenders going on it um, that have not been, no one's seen yet either. And uh, it's really going we'll to be have a, to take a You'll have to take a series of photos of that and do. we'll kind of do a photo spread on it. That'll be, that sounds like it's be a be a gorgeous bike. Yeah, we're calling it the Flying Z. Um, flying Z, the Flying Z. Yeah, I had um, you were the bike. A, I guess both of you. <laughs> I built a car like that about five years ago, where we made it from the frame up. It was a giant yeah. bowtail speedster, and um, we called it the Flying Z McPherson Special because my friend Mike McPherson is the guy who really put it together. But yeah. It was all steel. It had a straight eight Buick in it. And it was like driving a World War One airplane on the street. <laughs> it was insane. As yeah, a beastly man. So this, so this would be the Flying Z motorcycle equivalent. Yeah, yeah. Those have been would have been would have been some of your of all the motorcycles you've owned, because you've owned what, two or three hundred or more? Yeah. Yeah, I've had probably three hundred plus. Over the years. Would have been would have been a few of your all-time favorites, just street, yeah. dirt, whatever. Would have been the one, top three or four that you're just like, man, that's my favorite. I'll give you that list. I have no problem with that. 72 H2 750 Kawasaki. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. The way I modified mine and made it handle decently with 
progressive suspension front and rear and a Suzuki alloy swing arm on it and chambers wow. and pistons. Great bike. Love that. Um, as far as a motorcycle that you can just get on and go anywhere and that I always felt safe on, I would say CB1100 Honda. twenty. I had a 2012, which is a red one. And they're not as nice as the 2014s. They were black and they had six speeds. Mine was only a five speed. Mm -hmm. Just such a great bike. Totally, I mean, the the power band is completely linear. It's just a typical Honda. They never break down, you know. Um, hell, I rode mine on gravel roads and stuff. I just go anywhere on that thing. Yeah. No fairing. I don't like fairings much, honestly. I've had new gold wings and stuff, and they're fun for a little while, but it's a little too insulated for me. I like the raw being out and the wind feeling. Yeah. And that the feeling, the visceral feeling of not only the elements, but the machine, you know, just yeah. a naked, a naked ride machine without all the crazy rider aids and just, you know, you're the rider aids. It's all in your hands and your feet. I had a I had a Kawasaki ZG1000 Concours for a long time. That what year was, was that one? Bike. Um, oh, the last one I had was probably a 97 or 8 model. Okay. Bought it yeah. new. Yeah. Um, great bike. Um, you go down the highway two up at 120 miles an hour. I mean, <laughs> they're just fast as hell. You know, yeah. just a lot of drive. Shaft drive. It's like a ninja, you know, they're basically a, a ninja 1000 sort of, you know, made into a sport tour. Yeah. But other than it, it the, they turned in a little too fast for me. It's slow speed. Sorry about that. That's no, all right. But um, dogs can't get away from them. But um, yeah, but mine's laying over on the couch over here. So it's all good. He's laying over there curled up. But that ZG1000, that was a great bike with little detachable hard bags they came with and everything. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. Dirt bikes, gosh, it's hard to say. I mean, I had so many of them. I mean, the early Elsinore 125s, they were just so much fun to ride. I love Oh, yeah. Them. That's what my colleague Phil had growing up in Elsinore 125 for a while, yeah. That, the Suzuki TS-185, I think I had three of those. Um mm -hmm. That was just a great bike. We could make those things really do whatever we wanted. Um, they were light. They were fast enough. You know, all the bikes back then, we did the same thing with every single one. You buy it, you tear the fenders off, throw the signals away, throw the luggage rack away, uh -huh. you know, throw the rubber foot pegs away and put steel yeah. pegs on it. Yeah. And and put some press and petty fenders on there and an expansion chamber. And then you just had a little wheelie machine and some good knobbies, you know? Yeah. yeah. None of these trials yeah, tires. <laughs> uh, For just hard. Yeah. Just hardcore hooligan riding. Exactly. So, yeah. Hey, what have been some of your favorite or your most memorable trips on motorcycles, either road trips or day trips or locations you've been to or experiences on a bike, I know it's kind of a broad question, but I just I wanted to pick your brain about that. Well, they weren't all good experiences, but uh, <laughs> no, I think I think one of the best, uh, most fun trips ever was I was living up in the Boston area at the time and um, going to Prince Edward Island and back on a motorcycle. Was oh, wow! Um, really enjoyed that. Um, Crossing over into coastal Canada. 
Yeah, went, um, rode up to Bar Harbor, Maine, then took the high-speed ferry, which is only about three hours. That takes you to Halifax, Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. And then rode up the western, uh, they call it the Evangeline Trail. The eastern one, I understand, is is prettier, but we didn't do it then. We did the the western one, which was fantastic was fantastic i mean around the western end of prince edward island right around uh, that. no western end of nova scotia of and nova then, scotia okay i got you yeah then you get up into i think it's new brunswick and mm -hmm. there you could just ride wide open for as fast as you wanted to go on super slab never see a cop okay no police at all um half the vehicles on the road were motorcycles and there's just <laughs> no traffic and you could just drive as fast as you wanted to ride. And um, so that was really good. Love that. Wow. And then uh, Prince Edward Island, you get there and it's it's a real throwback. They're the You know, on the beaches, they're all French speaking. And the beach is just perfectly unsoiled. I mean, it's hmm. it's amazing. It's so beautiful up there. Um, you know, nobody when, when people write about or or you see posts and printings about favorite rides, favorite locations and motorcycles. Nobody mentions that. You're the only one I've ever, right. I've ever heard that mention, you know, um, Nova Scotia and um, Prince Edward Island and, you know, it's, that Western loop and even the Eastern loop. I just, I don't recall maybe at some point, but I, I don't recall ever reading that. I would love to make that trip someday. You should do that sometime. I mean, it, it, those towns in Nova Scotia are so weird. They have one street and they have no side streets. Yeah. <laughs> we stopped in, uh, I, we were riding through um, Digby, Nova Scotia, and I see this barber shop and a guy standing outside. And I pull up and I said, Hey, I said, um, tell me, what is there to do in Digby? And he goes, Oh, we've got the best scallops in the world and we've got the <laughs> largest gift shop on the Evangeline Trail. And and I said, well, you sound like the Chamber of Commerce. He goes, I'm the head of the Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> <laughs> and we stayed in a gift shop on the second floor. They had three rooms to rent. And then yeah. on the back, they had a deck and the boats would come up with the scallops and they'd cook them up out there. And and uh, man, it was it was fantastic. What a, that that sounds like a traveler's dream right there. But, you know, here in Arkansas, one of my friends and I, a um, guy I grew up with and had a million motorcycles with, and we're still friends to this day, my buddy Scott, he came up here or down here um, from St. Louis, where we both grew up. And we did about four days in Arkansas. And mm. man, we had a great time. I mean, I was riding a TL1000S, which is a nice, fast V-twin sport bike, if you don't mm. know. And mine was hopped up, you know, it had like a power commander and a, and a pipe on it and everything. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't like to have bags, man. We, we didn't want any of that stuff. You know, we just strap a little bungee cord on the back of your seat with whatever you needed to Whatever bring. you can roll into. Yeah. Into a duffel. The least amount of stuff that you have to bring, but we had just such a great time going to hot springs and, and, yeah all the the you know the mount magazine and and um, we have some great rides here in arkansas it's just yeah. beautiful it is it's gorgeous up in that part of the state like i say before i've, I've ridden ridden through it a time or two and it, you man you're you're in a you're in a motorcycle paradise up there for sure yeah we have a road called the pig trail which for me is like a perfect like 
50 mile ride you can get on your bike you can ride go down the pig trail maybe it's 60 miles and it's just all super super twisty crazy turning you know going over the mountain and back and then uh, and then you ride home and it's just you know i don't need to go that far anymore i mean i enjoy it's all around you it is i mean out your 20, back door a 20 mile ride to granny's cafe in huntsville uh, Arkansas is a, is a good ride real early in the morning you know yeah. it's, it's great they smell everything out there you know that's what's so great about bikes it's like you know you go down in a valley and it's cool and then you come yeah. up and it's warm and I, I love that you smell yeah. all the grass and everything yeah the smells the the, the temperature sensations you know um yeah you know, the warmth of the sun when all of a sudden you break out into sunlight even at I just all the sensations yeah that's all so amazing you're so, alive and it's yeah it makes you it, it makes you feel just so alive definitely we call that ride life you know it's, it's just it's how else do you describe you know it's like people jeepers people that ride you know if you, you if if you've never ridden you won't you'll never you, you'll never understand kind of thing yeah we've had jeeps too so yeah. anything with wheels on it i've probably owned at least one of them but um yeah nothing like a bike though no, there's there's nothing like it. I mean, you you just the visceral experience, and you know that's what we're all about at Janus. Is our bikes aren't fast. Um, the 450 though handles a lot better than people realize. It, it's yeah, I got to ride one when I was there. Took me took one out for an afternoon. Loved it really. Yeah, you can really carve some corners on that thing. Um, but um, I've ridden a a, a Grant Longenbaugh is our president. He's got a Phoenix 250, which is mm -hmm. really cool. Super wide, yeah. super thin, um, sort of cafe racer 250. Um, but, you know, they're enough. Like I said, this last bike, you know, I told my wife I wanted to get a new one. And, and it's like, were well, you going to get the 450? And I thought about it. And I'm like, nah, I don't really need it. I can just ring out my little 250 and it's fine for me. And usually we got some other bikes laying around. I got a yeah, what this. else have you got in your garage? What what else? I was going to ask you that. What else is currently in the Zwei garage? Not much right now, um, <laughs> truthfully. We have pretty much sold out everything. I had a Benelli 250, 66, yeah. sold that. Um, got a Kawasaki um, A1 SS, uh, SS, which is a, uh, excuse me, A1, um, which is, you know, a twin 250 rotary valve street bike. We've got a new... Um, that my wife rides a, a CSC Monterey electric. Oh, cool. Super cool. Um, but no, I got rid of everything four or five years ago. Well, in 2016, I had a bad accident in um, brand new Triumph Thruxton 1200. And mm. first day I got it. I mean, and I should have been more careful, but a kid pulled right out in front of me, locked it up, hit the guy, really messed up my left hand. And um, you can yeah. see here in the screen, but my fingers yeah. here, these two. You last your, yeah, you know, your the last two fingers are kind of bent a little. Yeah, they yeah. crushed between crushed. the lever and the guy's quarter panel. I never even fell off the bike and totaled it. And uh, it was a beautiful dark green. In fact, I'm going to write about that for the for the pub. But um, you know the curse of the green bike. But um, anyway. Yeah dark green I had the optional dunstall fairing and you get lower clip-ons and everything with that it was yeah. really nice 
But anyway, so about three or four months later, it took that long to get them to total it. And then I had to order a new one. It probably took six months and I got a new one identical to it. Mm -hmm. And I wrote it to Eureka Springs and back. And I just said, eh, I don't feel safe on this bike. And so that cut me down at that time to about five or six other bikes. I had some Harley Sportsters I was doing. I, I had a Sportster 72, which is that Metal Flight Green Retro one. And I put 12-inch extended forks on it. And yeah. uh, they had white walls and a big king and queen seat and a sissy bar and all that. <laughs> that was my sort of adolescent dream, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Had that poster. Then I had another sportster that I turned into a beautiful cafe racer with flip-ons and rear sets, alloy tank, and and twin side pipes. It was super cool. Mm. Uh, that I thing, the old sportsters. I, I sold that to my um, urologist, and uh, and then I finally gave up my my uh, CB eleven hundred. So. I basically got rid of all my like good bikes I could ride. I had a Yamaha Warrior seventeen hundred too. I remember, yeah, I remember Yamaha. the Warrior, yeah, yeah, with a header on it. It was so loud, my neighbors hated that bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But so uh, yeah, <laughs> we really cut it down. We just don't have that many now. Not like we used to keep, you know. Which one's your go to? Which one's the one that? Um... If if you have if you got a day if you got a beautiful day like you and I both have in our respective locations and you're like I just want to get out and ride for a couple hours what's your what's your what's your baby what's your go to NS Halcyon two fifty with a that, header just, yeah you know it's it it the header really made it run better and is really? all I can say oh yeah because not know, only sound better but run better it breathes a little better it really I mean they are pretty lean from the factory to meet air regulations and I shouldn't say that but it's just the reality of it right, and, uh, right. no the header and and uh, that that wakes it up but that's really all I need now because I can still go 70 miles an hour on it oh, yeah it's fast enough for me I'm, I can have fun I I scrape my pegs on the thing I need to yeah. cut the little nubs off the pegs because <laughs> I grind them you know, funny. Um, Ted Edwards, one of the guys that writes for us up in Wenatchee, he says right. it's more fun to ride a slow bike fast than a fast bike slow. It's really true. I had uh, I had a Ninja two fifty late, one of the later newer generation ones. Mm -hmm. I bought it from a kid for a thousand bucks. He'd fallen over on it, you know, and scraped up the fairing and busted turn signals. Had no miles on it. Yeah, I got it home and I cleaned it all up and fixed the body work and put some little signals and eliminated the the got the little fender eliminator in the back and put a header on it. And what a great bike to ride fast. I mean, yeah, yeah. those things are so much fun. They're so light and they handle so good. Yeah. And Bill Eddy here, he owns the local KTM, Honda, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha store. Uh -huh. And he calls me up one day. He's like, why don't you guys go, uh, why don't you go out to Hallett with us, which is the racetrack here in Oklahoma. And I'm like, Bill, I can't ride with you guys. You know, I, I, I can't even ride this 250 at its limits, you know, truthfully. Although I have been through like Freddie Spencer Superbike School and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I rode bikes, you know, 150 miles an hour on, on a track. And yeah pretty exciting and they and i learned a lot about all the stuff i was doing wrong yes you know, i'm with you on that i know <laughs> my whole body position was terrible like my head was 
I'd be leaning the bike over, but my head would be over to the other side. And, you know, I had some really bad habits that, that they cured me of. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But, um, Hey, so, you know, I always put this question to everybody too, that, um, that we talk with and, uh, the question of riding motorcycles what what is what does motorcycle riding mean to you i mean what does it do for you it makes you feel like you're alive and it's also um takes me back to my youth yeah um and it um it's a great sort of meditative activity because we're also distracted by our phones and everything these days Oh, like yeah. I never wanted music on my bikes or, you know, I mean, I, my Goldwing had a six CD changer in it, <laughs> you know, with an electric trunk, but I mean, right. I don't really like music on bikes. I like to just, you know, I, I want to be able to think. And it's a time where you can really think because you have to, you know, you're going to focus on your staying alive out there. There's threats everywhere. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Plus just, you know, just the, it, just the feel of it, just no distractions, the wind, right. the wind rushing by your ears. And the, like you said earlier, the, the sights, the sensations, the smells, you know, um, what you, what you hear, what you see, what you experience on a bike. It's very visceral. It really is. I mean, it, there were periods in my youth where I did not have a car and I just rode a motorcycle all year round. Um, yeah. And, you know, I sort of miss that in a way. I mean, even though, you know, you got wet, you got cold, you got, you know, now I'm like, ah, it's too hot today. I'm not going to run. <laughs> it's too cold today. I might have to carry something. I mean, there's all these excuses not to, but then every time when you get on it, you're like, oh yeah, what am I doing? Why am I not doing this more often? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Man, it's a, it's a soul touching thing for sure feel it deep down inside well mark um man i appreciate you coming on the podcast for a few minutes with us thanks for taking time out of your busy day and we appreciate your your contributions man you're it's it's fun reading uh mz's moto memories i, I love reading every time you send one with the accompanying photos uh those are just great stories and they take me back to bikes not necessarily that i own but that i remember from from my own youth and uh, so we're very, very thankful for you, my friend. Well, I'm, I'm glad to do it. It's fun. It's a good um, opportunity for me to share some of my experiences. We're having a great time together for sure. Well, stay on just a second. I'm going to close out our recording here and uh, we'll chat briefly afterwards. So thanks for coming on, my brother. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed our chat with Mark Zwieg. MZ as we know him over here at Road Dirt and uh, one of the uh, great storytellers among so many contributors to uh, the Road Dirt Motorcycle Media. Thank you for coming on, Mark. We appreciate it. Hey, if you enjoy our content here, I hope you'll uh, give us a like, give us four or five stars. That always helps. And uh, share us around. We appreciate it. Share the uh, podcast with your friends and ride friends and ride mates and um, share the good news about Road Dirt Motorcycle Media. And uh, hey, also while you're at it, you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, tw uh, Twitter, I keep calling it Twitter, um, X and Instagram. Those are Road Dirt TV. We've got a YouTube channel also called Road Dirt TV. 
and our main motorcycle media page where Mark and so many others contribute stories and photographs is roaddirt.tv. We call that our online e-magazine. You can find us out there as well. Hope you'll check us out and join the Road Dirt community. Well, this is Rob. Until next time, encouraging you to ride life.